welcome to Zephyr Podcast Sessions with your host, me, Scott Howland. To find out more about Zephyr and how we're helping leading brands and businesses with customer journey orchestration, visit www.zephr.com. Hey, welcome to the Zephyr Sessions. It's great to be back. And today I'm joined by a friend of Zephyr, Carlos Doughty. Hey, how are you doing? Fantastic, Scott. Really great to be on your show. Perfect. Um, can you just do us a quick um, introduction um, to you, your company you work for or founded and uh, kind of what, what they do? So I'm the founder of the Martech Alliance. Um, I suppose I'd call myself a CEO now too. We're big enough to be that. But before all this, before I launched the Martech Alliance, I, I talked about my other life. My other life was the corporate world. I used to do that thing of wearing a suit, um, pinstripe suit, lovely tie, flying about the world, delivering marketing services for some of the world's largest banks, uh, and in lots of lovely money. And then I just went, do you know what's better than that is being unemployed, which is also called being an entrepreneur. But the truth is you're just unemployed you've got an idea and you want to kick it around and that's what i did so i launched the martech alliance um which is a hell of a lot of fun and i've kind of considered myself unbelievably fortunate that i love what i do but really i just sort of spotted and went this martech thing is lots of fun for me lots of things i enjoy i'm one of those people that likes to get shit done and martech certainly serves that and there was a gaping hole kind of in the complexity of the space the knowledge so i tried to help essentially build that out and help people and so the core of what we try and do is help make marketing technology simple or simpler. And we do that for a range of ways from learning to events, to advisory, to sort of an agency matching service as well. And that's something we'll get onto because I've seen that latest chart from a, well, a few weeks ago now where uh, I think it's, it's grown to 8,000 companies, but we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. Um, what what's a day-to-day job for you what, what do you do day-to-day like sure so um we're as scrappy as you'd expect yeah so the classic 85 different job titles 10 different hats and um it's not just me you know the team operates in that way everybody's a uh, roll your sleeves up and get involved and things just need to get done my, my day-to-day is a bunch of different things um i do a fair amount of advisory and helping businesses helping large organizations better manage their stack better selection process building their teams um, I present at quite a few events. I deliver training, be that online or in person. I do a lot of selling as well. Um, there's a key guy in my team who's a fantastic salesman, but also he'll pull me in for a range of programs as well. Beyond that, I try where possible to write a bit. I need to write more. I write a bit, fair amount on our social channels. Um, chat with the team, helping kind of make sure we're on point. We're on sort of target for our OKRs, although don't even get me started on putting your OKRs in pre-pandemic and then suddenly ripping them up and starting again. Um, and then just chat with the team, working with the team. So we've got fantastic marketers in the team, chat with them, kind of making sure that we're all aligned, we're on the same thinking, we're building our brand, our messaging, our storytelling in the right way. Nice. That's uh, it's a, a coat of many colours, let's say. It's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it, that you've got all the hat, juggle all the jobs that need to be done. And uh, obviously with the, uh, the pandemic that's going on at the moment, those are uh, there's even more jobs out there to be done as well at the same time. Very true. Um, so what we're going to dive into today is, um, is a theme around um, hopefully something close to your heart, considering your business. But if let's set the scene so i I, i'm brand new i've got a business but i I, i've got 
some kind of audience that I know are going to be coming to my site, but I've got I've got no Martech in place at the moment, right? I go out there and type into Google marketing technology. I'm going to get a heap load of results back. It's going to be um, trying to sell me this, trying to sell me that. It's going to be uh, trying to get me involved for, uh, you can you can generate more leads here. You can generate this there. You can send emails here. You can send emails there. Uh, very high level. Um, I've got nothing in place. How do you navigate the MarTech stack? Um, and how do you make good decisions whilst doing this? And I think that that would be a good high level kind of conversation. And I think it will give a good uh, good theme about what, what we're talking about today. So let's set the scene, right? Um, so Chief Martech has just released um, a c- couple of weeks ago um, the the latest landscape for, for Martech. Uh, and I've seen this evolve over the years from uh, from I think 2011 maybe was the first one. Right. So it's nearly 10 years old now. Might have got that wrong and you'll probably correct me in a second. But that's gone from, I don't know, maybe 100 companies up to 8000. That's that's a huge increase in companies. Uh, how do you see this? I, I, I think you work on something like this for, for the UK as well. But how do you see this and how do you navigate this? Where do you start? The first thing you do is you don't navigate it. You don't, <laughs> you forget it. And um, so, so we, we put together a framework, which is the four P's of marketing technology, which is the way I like to think about Martech. And I think the way most people should, and they don't actually. And so the first thing would be forget the landscape, forget a bunch of logos, forget the complexity and the, this madness. And this isn't to take anything away from Scott Brinker, who is absolutely amazing. His work is exceptional. His work goes so much further than the landscape. I think um, I would say the purpose of the landscape is to, it's a PR, PR exercise for the industry. It's to help demonstrate that there's a shed load of different solutions and it's a complex world. I wouldn't say it's intended to help you manage your stack or to think about MarTech in a kind of strategic way. And actually his blog is fantastic. He goes into a lot of depth. He's got some fantastic um, different frameworks and manifestos he's put in place. Um, but to step back, what I would say is anybody that goes, how do I navigate this? I would say you don't. You start again. You, you step back a lot more and you think about what we define as the four P's of marketing technology. You can take other frameworks, but if we just take the core of that, we say think about the planning and strategy, think about the people and teams, the platforms, apps, and ecosystems, and then the process and operations. And if you think of that as a perpetual cycle that's constantly turning and, and needs optimizing, there's a shed load of work to do. If we start with the first part, the planning and strategy, here what we're really trying to identify, and we go deep on this, we've created a whole range of components that make up our four Ps. And in essence, this forms what can be an audit through to a capability assessment through to actually identifying what you need to do when developing your marketing technology strategy. From a planning perspective, you want to think really about what are your business goals? So what is the business trying to achieve right now? And then tying with that is thinking about actually, well, what does the customer journey look like and how do we optimize it? And then thinking actually from a budgeting financial readiness perspective, are you there and able? So, so if you can step back and say, well, actually, what's the business trying to achieve right now? And how does my customer journey currently look if I map it from beginning to end, from tip to toe of, of the marketing and sales funnel? That's where you should start. You should start to identify and audit and say, what tech do we currently have in place? What channels do we have in place? And think of it almost as a bingo sheet and go, well, clearly we, we could have this customer journey, but we don't. 
So we understand from left to right, here's what the customer's thinking, feeling. Here's the touch points they're taking across that journey. Here's the channels that we currently have in place. Here's the channels that we could have in place. Here's the tech underpinning that. And here's the tech that we could have underpinning that. And in essence, what you're trying to do is, is a mix between an audit and brainstorm to understand where are their gaps? Where are you delivering a poor customer experience? And then elevating that to understand what is it you're trying to achieve in terms of your business goals? Is this about improving the customer experience, ultimately drive engagement and upsell and cross-sell? Is this about growth? Is this about driving X percentage of growth in a certain time period? But once you can clearly define that and understand the current play you have in place, it helps you move that forwards and understand, fine, we've got a high level understanding of the gaps we've got in place. We've got a MarTech analysis gap. And there's lots of ways I won't go into complete depth because there's, there's a massive great long ebook and beyond that there's a learning program. But in short, you need to think a lot more than the technology. You then need to think alongside this as the people, the people and the teams that are ultimately able to deliver on that marketing technology vision. And when I say people, I mean, and when I say people and teams, I don't just mean actually your in-house people. I think about actually you might have contractors, you might have agencies, you might have consultancies. And if, if these are kind of layers on a cake, you're just trying to understand, do you have the framework, the structure, the underpinning parts that can help support what you're trying to achieve? And so if we didn't start following the process, we're going down and we just went, look, do you know what? I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to go over the, the next shiny tech piece of kit I've seen. It could be blue, it could be orange, green, whatever color it is, and go text the answer. Well, we haven't actually determined what it's supposed to achieve. We haven't really married it together to the customer journey, and we haven't got the people in place to ultimately be able to manage it and execute on it. We're going to fail. Um, but actually, so much of this happens back to front. So really understanding, do you know what, what, what are the marketing core skills and functions we need in order to make sure that we can realize our MarTech vision? And again, you can do that as an assessment, as an audit to underpin, well, here's the core functions that rolled up relate to certain roles. We shouldn't get too caught up on the roles because based on the size of your organization, you may have one, you may have 100 people doing certain functions. But just understanding what core functions are needed to deliver on that customer journey, on those channels you use, and ultimately those business goals. And then when we talk about people and teams, I would also sort of go a little bit deeper there and say, this isn't uh, in-house versus um, outsourcing agencies. It's not one or the other. I don't think there's a clear-cut answer to that. The only thing I would say is that there are certain specialisms where you might say either we need an individual in-house that lives and breathes just a thing, or we need an agency that specializes in that thing. And as an example, you might say, if we're about to implement a specific platform, which we have no experience in, which what we need is somebody that's a technical specialist that's been there and delivered it 100 times, it may make more sense to use them than hire someone internally or learn as you go. But those types of questions you need to kind of map out based on the tech you're going to put in place, the capabilities you currently have, and also the complexity of the project you're talking about. Equally, when we think about those people as well, we need to go a little bit deeper and, and say that there's a whole range of other skills that go beyond MarTech and how these people work together. And then you start to go much deeper in terms of have you got the right structure? Is there centralized, decentralized? What's the balancing act? So if you answered all those questions, which you probably haven't, but imagine you have, you then can start to have a clearer view of the type of marketing technology systems that you need in place. Now, the most important thing here I would say is start with thinking holistically. Don't think about each solution in isolation. Thinking back to, if we work back to that customer journey, 
what is it we're trying to achieve and what, what are we trying to connect? And the reason I say that is that it's not a case that one piece of amazing technology is going to answer everything and equally that you need to make sure that things are intrinsically connected as such that you get full value. So understanding collectively what are the tools that you need in place to deliver on that lovely, fantastic customer journey. Equally, understanding the tech you currently have in place and whether it's undercapitalized, is it gathering dust? Is it gathering dust because you don't have the right team? Is it gathering dust because simply it's not the right fit? So understanding what you need to retire, what you need to replace, what you need to invest in, and what you need to go shopping for. But the important part here is not just turning up and going shopping, is really understanding the full stack, what's needed, why it's needed, what it can deliver. And actually with that in place, you can start to really understand what was the purpose of this project? And actually, can we attribute an ROI to this program? Hopefully an ROI, or it might be an ROT, or it could just be at the very least being able to demonstrate that you're delivering something where you can measure why the hell are you spending time and effort on this? As opposed to, we should use that piece of technology because everybody has that in their stack. Now, when we get deeper in terms of what types of tech you should need, there's, um, there's a good starting point, which is simply looking at the systems of record. So what's the core? What's the base? What's the, what, what's the base from which you should build around? So when it comes to your systems of record, I, I would suggest, obviously, looking at things like your CRM, um, your marketing cloud or marketing platform. And then afterwards, and, and I think quite a few organizations are thinking this way, but not everyone, I would think about your customer data platform. If you think of those three core platforms as your systems of record and then building around that and essentially what other tools are needed to match and integrate across that entire stack. And when it comes to obviously having identified the tech you need, the tech you don't, the tech you need to go shopping for, there's then a whole nother range of considerations about what I would recommend as a, as a good approach for essentially implementing them. Um, I'll, I'll start with my kind of disclaimer, which is there isn't just one approach, yeah? And ultimately, based on the size of your organization, it's gonna change. If you're a one woman or one man band, the reality is going to be very different to an enterprise. If you're spending half a million pounds versus 10 pounds a month, class, clearly you're going to have a different approach to this. Now, that's why I think it's important that you can't always answer like how agile versus waterfall versus kind of really in-depth procurement process you should take. Um, as a very rough rule of thumb, if you're going to spend a fair amount of cash and you're fairly big, you probably don't just want to go shopping too quickly. Is a is a simple rule of thumb. Um, to get deeper on it, though, I think the important parts here are, obviously, if you've answered those questions around the planning we talked about and the people, you can then start going, okay, specifically this piece of technology, how is it going to serve us? And this is the most important point, I would say, is understanding the specific use cases you have for your business. Now, I say that because once you get into the whole 8,000 solutions, it doesn't really matter because there's, there's 8,000, but there's not. There's not... It, it, the reality is if you're an enterprise and you've got a pocket full of cash and you can basically buy some of the, the most recognized notable brands in the industry, you're going to have a pretty short list. It's not going to be 8,000 providers. It's going to be some heavy hitters that are set up for that enterprise type solution. Now, once you get there and you start operating at which one is it, is it green? Is it orange? Is it blue? Is it purple? Is it whatever color? The reality there is there's not going to be masses of difference from one to another. There will be some, but not masses and a lot of the features and functionality will be similar the question will be how are you going to use it internally that really matters so not every feature not every functionality will have the same importance 
the reality is if you're trying to achieve a specific thing and it does that thing particularly well the reality is it's going to be a better fit is that why we're seeing so many more people go for this best of breed approach versus a, a kind of monolith one one stop solution i would say part of the reason why you're seeing that and i think it's in some instances although it's interesting the likes of obviously salesforce expanding their suite right into cdps oracle doing the same adobe the same um i think some of the reasoning why people are starting to do, as you described, that's what best in breed, is it can be easier to stitch together. So the introduction of different microservice solutions means that you can integrate in a way that's quicker, simpler than ever. Uh, that's one reason. I think the other is that we've got a mix between there are some amazing solutions that do a thing exceptionally well. And rather than they be an okay feature in, a, in an all-serving suite, there'll be somebody that does it that bit better because that's all they do. They live and breathe that. Equally, you've then got, from an app perspective, you've got the really simple plug-and-play type stuff where they're kind of almost like a micro feature, but that's all they do and they do incredibly well. And actually, there's so much designed with that mentality now that's literally like, I could be a solution that goes, all I want to do is be an app in the Salesforce ecosystem. I'm not trying to compete. I'm not trying to compete with anyone. I will only work and serve for the uh, Salesforce ecosystem. So it's interesting as well. I think part of that is underpinned by it's become incredibly cheap to produce good tech in that obviously the introduction of the likes of AWS has meant that people can, can now release apps and a range of platforms much more cheaply. And I guess you're seeing that uh, even more creative minds come into light at the moment. We're seeing the no-code world kind of coming through, building new apps. New, You don't need to be a coder anymore to build applications. You can join products together, tools coming to light, the likes of Zapier and things like that are making life a lot easier to connect these data points together as well. Are you seeing that become, or maybe no-code solutions becoming more prominent? Completely. And I think it's the, um, I want to get shit done marketer <laughs> is the, I just want to get on with this. Right. And it's, um, and it's actually a little part of why I, I got involved in this is I've always been one of those people that's a pretty impatient, just wants to get something live, wants to get on with it. Won't wait in the queue for the IT team. will probably do something they shouldn't. When it comes to working for a large company, I was probably a bit of a nightmare in that respect because I wouldn't be prepared to wait. I'd rather get something live very quickly and then learn as I go. Um, <laughs> that's i wasn't too bad but i was certainly more pushy when it comes to that stuff and the nature of martech is and um, to use scott brinker's words it democratizes technology and it creates what he defines and i think it's a lovely lovely beautiful world which is um citizen developers now um so, so that so you mentioned there for example no code development which has been a big thing um i think yeah i think increasingly as we want to move quicker we want agility um there's a, there's a nature of a want to get things live and there's a lot of fantastic solutions that help support that. I think the, the only, the only sort of caveat to it, I would say is it's great when you can get things live, you can move with speed. There's a lot, there's a lot more things you can do that you previously couldn't, but that's not to say that necessarily we should. So to give you an example, there might be a really simple tool you can get live very quickly. You simply chuck in a bit of JavaScript through a Google tag manager put it live and you're away. And you go, fantastic, brilliant. I didn't need to wait. I was just using this and I'm away and it cost me $50 a month and I just crack on. However, the reality is one, perhaps it's not GDPR compliant because you haven't quite got opt-in. Maybe it's not connected to your full suite. So you've got to manually extract all the data. Maybe the code is a little bit bloated and suddenly the site page load speeds are a bit slower. So from an SEO perspective, you work back on yourself. So there's a, there's a balancing act. There's a balancing act between this agility, get it done, 
and also what is what is what is the value that's coming from it so so this is where i think the sort of being distracted by the shiny toys is what can happen is somebody can go i won't actually think carefully about what the hell i'm trying to do here i won't get i won't actually think strategically i won't elevate my thinking to what am i actually trying to deliver for the business i've just seen this new tool it's cheap i can afford it i can chuck it on my debit card and i'm away now conversely there might be a really there might be a really solid reason that actually right now your goal is in this period you need to spike conversion rates in the next month from x amount of website traffic to x amount of newsletter signups and that's the quickest simplest way to do it so it depends on the scenario nice yeah look uh, just i could talk about this for hours and hours and hours uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a really uh, it's a big theme right it's uh, it's it there's lots going on there's so many companies out there doing great jobs don't get me wrong they're doing great jobs but obviously as you say some are doing more jobs than others they're doing certain features and uh, it's good to understand that look at it the other way around right end goal what do we actually need and work backwards through that process and then map that again with how is that technology going to serve us once you've picked your solution ask again how is it going to serve us what are the use cases and how does that map back to getting back towards that end goal right your end goal if raising i don't know increasing your revenues increasing your conversion whatever that is with your customers however that is with your users um it's it's just fascinating and obviously the the martech world is exploding um i think it's going to continually explode i don't know what covid will do i think there'll be a influx of new startups and technologies at the back of this especially in maybe a more remote and virtual way and how that can work and navigate through that system as well um but look um carlos it's been great speaking to you about this great getting an understanding and you can see why uh, martech alliance is doing so so well and growing at the at the rate it is it's uh, it's absolutely fascinating quick question then so um i got a couple of uh, random questions at the end first of all though obviously uh, a wealth of information you've got how do people get in touch with you if they want to uh, chat more sure so they could just roll over to our site martechalliance.com um or they can hit me up on linkedin twitter uh, Carlitos Digerty. It's a ridiculous <laughs> handle, ridiculous handle. But um, either or, uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Hit our site. No, I appreciate that, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's quite a good one. And I hope that does relate to the song. Um, but um, <laughs> my... it does, it does. Do you know what? So, so one of the things at our events is um, I'm obsessed with hip hop. Uh, although I haven't evolved beyond the '90s, basically, and No Digerty, no doubt, is is a is a crowd pleaser. So all of our events, you'll always hear get some cracking hip hop music. Um, I'm definitely coming to your next event. And uh, what I was going to say then was um, uh, I was going to ask you for a song for our upbeat playlist that I was making, but I'm not even going to ask you now. I'm just going to take that as as the song that's going on to it. Um, and do it, do it. my 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 last question to you is: uh, We well, once we're out of lockdown, right? We finish work on a on a Thursday evening in London. Uh, we're going to a local bar, uh, be that in Shoreditch, wherever that might be. What's your drink of choice? Um, good question. Yeah, I mean. Ordinarily, I would say I'll probably hit up Jack Daniels, JD and Diet Coke. But I think given the environment, it's got to be like something ridiculous, like a load of tequilas and just get absolutely shit <laughs> I like it. Tequilas on me next time. Um, uh, we'll, we'll be there. But look, Carlos, great to speak to you. Great to chat through this. And uh, thank you for your, uh, well, thank you for being on the Zephyr sessions today. Fantastic. Cheers for having me, Scott. I really appreciate it. <laughs>